It is a Saturday morning here in CCO Land Time once again for our wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. I know he's there. Good. I know, Jack. There he is. Hello. <laughs> we, we just had to find the right button, that's all. <laughs> The story the of my life. Of engineering. <laughs> yes. Well, what shall we talk about today? You know what I thought we'd talk about, or I'd talk about, is tips for bringing wine to a picnic. You know, almost any time of year is the right time for a picnic. In the springtime, I think everybody's itching to get outside after a long winter spell. In the summer, you celebrate bright days, and just a day of celebration by eating outside with friends, grilling at home or spreading a blanket, uh, going to a concert and bringing, uh, go to a tailgate in the fall. Anyhow, uh, and I even like picnicking in the winter, but that's a whole other story. But whatever season you prefer, eating outdoors is a wonderful thing, brings friends together, reaches a whole other story. But whatever season you prefer, eating outdoors is a wonderful thing, brings friends together, reconnects us with nature. And I think the food and the wine are as important as the ambiance and the setting. And bringing the right bottle enhances the taste of the picnic, and it adds a touch of sophistication to outdoor dining. Uh, but you want to choose fairly well, and whether you're packing a hamper or you're just uh, going out on your own patio, you should know these five guidelines, if you will, for having picnic wines and pairing picnic wines. Uh, know your party. It's important to know the difference between a picnic and a barbecue, and you should choose accordingly. Tailgates are tricky to define, usually follow more in the category of barbecue than that, but uh barbecue is a backyard or, uh, event that usually the main dish is eaten hot. And you have smoky grilled meats uh, with big side dishes. And the barbecue is usually held uh, in your backyard, although sometimes they're destination barbecues. But usually the main dish is hot. When you have a picnic, there's a little walking involved, maybe biking, maybe paddling to your favorite spot uh, by a canoe. And there's no cooking on the site. The foods are prepared ahead of time, and they're usually eaten at a room temperature or cold. And so when you look at this, you've got to consider flavor profiles and the travel requirements. And once that's sorted out, you want to have drinks that won't overpower the food and will travel well. A barbecue works better with strong flavors. And since you aren't packing to go anywhere, you have a lot of options. Um, I prefer with a barbecue, and we've heard me say this a hundred times, Malbec. Almost any Malbec from Argentina seems to go just perfectly with that spicy, sweet barbecue sauce. So when we're having ribs or barbecue chicken, I usually look to Malbec, and a Gary Bay Malbec is one of my favorite. And also, let's not forget the joys of having beer. That hoppy flavor and fizz can be very refreshing between any savory grilled meat, believe me. And so beer is a possibility, too. But another thing to think about is lower the alcohol a little bit. Uh, picnics are usually uh, going to be on a warm day, and they're thirsty, and you don't want anybody to imbibe too much. And that means bringing along lots of water and keep the picnic wine level kind of low. 
the alcohol level in the picnic wines. Uh, the varieties are amazing, anywhere from 9% to some, uh, which are some sparkling European wines, to rosés. Uh, but as a general rule, I'd say try and stay under 12% alcohol. Or you can just add water. Oh, shocking. Jack Farrell says you can add water to your wine. It really isn't heresy. You know, the French do that with their children all the time. If they're having a picnic, they dilute the wine and water, sometimes three parts water to one part wine, uh, sometimes half and half. Uh, sometimes the older people do that, too. And that, of course, brings on the thing, what about ice cubes? And Well, if it's a real hot day and that you don't mind diluting the wine a little bit, by all means, put a few ice cubes in the glass. And, of course... Uh, bring along some water, especially if it's a picnic, in case your guests want to dilute their wine a little bit. Uh, and, you know, you can bring other things along, but make sure they're light in alcohol. The same thing with beer and ciders. They're very, very low in alcohol. And these new uh, spritzer drinks are low in alcohol, too, and very appropriate indeed for picnics, I think, uh, these seltzer drinks. Don't worry about a corkscrew. For goodness sakes, for a picnic, get the Stelvin opening, which is the screw uh, top on the wine. Uh, this really makes things a lot easier. Uh, and uh, Usually, you know, wines at a picnic aren't going to be great wines. And they make a lot of wonderful wines that have uh, the Stelvin closure. Stelvin is another name for a screw cap. And uh, it's a special screw cap, obviously patented as Stelvin. And, uh, you know, young wines benefit so much from uh, that screw cap topping on them. Uh, and, of course, with Stelvin, uh, if you have any wine left over, you just simply screw the cap back on and haul it back with you. Of course, when you're having a picnic, what could be better than rosé wines? I have a real weakness for rosés for picnics. Uh, I believe they're just the perfect thing. And this is a wonderful way to introduce your friends to rosé, in my opinion, on a picnic. You want a low in alcohol, uncomplicated wine, and rosés are usually that. And it's a great conversation starter. Uh, you can take the opportunity of introducing people to rosé that have been only familiar with White Zinfandel. And White Zinfandel, you know, is kind of cloyingly sweet. Uh, people like it, but... You know, it's not, I don't find it a great food wine because it's so sweet. But the, the uh, rosés today run the gamut. And, you know, whether the rosé comes from Oregon or Provence or wherever, uh, sharing a bottle of rosé, I think, is always eye-opening event. I'm particularly fond of something called Royal Tavel. And this is a, a Tavel. Tavel happens to be an area in the Rhone Valley, France, that only produces rosé wines. That's right, nothing but rosé wine. And it, it's, this royal is a darker red rosé than most of them. And, you know, it has a lovely fruity quality, and I always tell people when they're pour, I pour them a glass of it, now this is a rosé for a red wine drinker. And they generally, to a man or a woman, will agree with me, it is indeed. Uh, these are just like I say, a wonderful way to introduce friends and family to your favorite rosé. And, and like I said, there's just so many of them and from so many places 
the wines from Provence are, of course, well-known all over the world. Provence is from an area from France. The wines from the Rhone Valley in France are very good. The Italians, the Spanish, all make great rosés, as do our friends in New Zealand and Australia, etc. Or you maybe want somebody to be uh, acquainted with a rosé from the Willamette Valley in Oregon, which is more famous for its Pinot Noir than its rosé, but it makes very, very good rosés. And, you know, it's so interesting, like you say, whether the wine comes from Spain or South America or wherever, uh, a full-flavored rosé can be a marvelous experience. And not only that, you'll introduce somebody, I guarantee you, they'll say, I just don't like rosé. And by the end of your picnic, you'll have them drinking out of your rosé bottle because it's such a good wine to have. Rosés, you know, have a nice berry finish. Uh, They have some in-depth color. Uh, And they're best paired, in my opinion, with light salads and things like that. You don't want anything too heavy. So a rosé is perfect. I've often told the story about the time my wife Kathy and myself were in uh, Monaco and uh, sitting on the beach there, and I had a salad niçoise, and the waiter suggested Tavel, and it was the first time I ever had it, and indeed, it certainly hasn't been the last, but the Tavel went perfectly with that salad niçoise. I was just blown away by the wonderful combination. And, of course, on number five, break out the bubbly. Nothing is more festive than a glass of sparkling wine. Now, you don't have to go all the way and buy a French champagne because that's kind of expensive. But believe me, there's loads of refreshing, affordable options. One of my favorites is Vino Verde. Vino Verde is a Portuguese wine that's white wine. And uh, it translates green wine. And the wine is fresh, light, it's low in alcohol, and it has a nice crispness to it that you'll enjoy very much. And as I include this in sparkling, I do that because while it's a still wine, from the heat of your tongue, the wine will begin another fermentation and you get a perlt or a spritz on your tongue. So it's a little bit like having a sparkling wine. And like I say, it meets all the criteria. It's low in alcohol. It used to be our favorite wine when we'd sail out on Lake Minnetonka. We'd always take a couple bottles of Vino Verde along, and it made the sailing experience that much better, particularly with lunch. And our Italian bubbles, like Prosecco, Prosecco are low in alcohol as well. And they've got a nice, friendly, uh, friendly consumer vibe, if you will, because they're refreshing. It's kind of a grown-up soda. It's really terrific. If you want something sweeter, a sparkling Moscato will fill the bill, and it's just great. Of course, uh, if the day is hot, you want uh, to make sure you have some kind of form of refrigeration along, portable refrigeration, a wine cooler or ice packs or something to kill Uh, keep the wine at a nice, cool temperature. But I think that picnicking and picnicking with wine is a wonderful idea. And I think as we've had these few hot days in the past, I'm maybe jumping the gun a little bit with our rainy days at our head right now. But the fact of the matter is bringing wine to a picnic should be a lot of fun. It should be educational, enjoyable, and add to the overall ambience of the experience. And incidentally, 
uh, you could try our Ted Farrell's six for sixty. That Ted picks out six bottles of wine. We retail them for sixty dollars, and his one for spring is just great because it has a lot of these wines that we talked about here: uh, Pinot Noir, Malbec, uh, Moscato, etc. And it's uh, available at Haskell six for sixty. Also, not to be missed is uh, my spring wine case. It's twelve bottles of wine. It's one hundred twenty-nine ninety-nine. And uh, it also lists lots of summer recipes that are kind of fun to go with, 12 different wines, and about half of them would be perfect with picnic wine. Boy, that's a, I love that six for six uh, deal that uh, that Ted uh, was that Ted's idea or was that, that yours? Was, I went, no, that was Ted's idea, not mine. I'm not going to take credit for it. And <laughs> it's gotten a life of its own. People just love it. And it's a great way to try new wines. Oh, it is. Uh, it's perfect. It, you know, not not a bad thing. No, I love that. Uh, I'll tell you what, Jack, let's tell folks where to find it and uh, where else you can do some browsing because those good folks at Haskell's always are ready to help you out. Indeed. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to sell you wine. And, you know, best of all, they'll sell you wine that will not break the bank. And don't forget, right now, as we speak, Haskell's is having, today is the first day of their annual spring wine sale, and what a sale it is. Lots and lots of BOGOs. That's where you buy one wine for a price and get a second wine free. And unbelievable values on all kinds of wine. So you just tell them what you're going to prepare, and they'll pick a wine that will pair perfectly with it. And best of all, they'll help you pick a wine that won't break the bank. And also, as I say, during the sale, you'll want to stock your cellar with all sorts of wines that are on sale. We have absolutely hundreds of wines, spirits, uh, ciders, and beers on sale at the Haskell's stores. And there's a Haskell's near you. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington. There's one in Excelsior. In thir- uh, Faribault, right off of 35, There's the Maple Grove Super Cellar is not to be missed. It's 22,000 square feet of wines from all over the world. In downtown Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturdays and Sundays. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, one in Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com, and you can be go right to our huge catalog that's available for all the spring sales. And don't forget, Haskell's does deliver. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, deliver another wine chat next week. What do you think? You know what, Denny? I'm going to look forward to that. Thanks so much, Jack. Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Yeah, Jack will be back next Saturday morning along about 745 or so. Uh, Get those lawn and garden questions ready. I know we're always busy with that hour next hour on our Smart Garden Show. Uh, Texters are already coming in with uh, questions, so keep that in mind with your lawn and garden questions next hour here on CCO. Now, Cloudy skies today. We expect highs near 53. We're going to drop to 41 overnight. A little warmer day tomorrow. Highs near 57. A couple of chances of showers for the next couple of days or so. Uh, Just ahead of CBS News, let's see what do we have here. Dew point at 36. North winds at 13. 79 is the humidity. And with overcast skies, current CCO temp at 42.